0: back. Inching, and I really mean do mean inching, towards the start of the Toronto FC season. This week we found out the venue and probable date for TFC's first game of 2021, but there's so many more hurdles to go before we get there. This is Wake in the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks. My name is Mitchell Tierney, and I know we've said this a lot in recent weeks, but we really do have a jam-packed show this week with a lot of <laughs> things to talk about. Um, We could probably spend the entire show alone on the Canadian Championship and all the drama that is associated with that. But we'll also talk about some potential player moves, um, where Toronto FC will play next season, as well as potentially the Olympic qualifying roster. We'll see whether that drops during our show or not. I also can't believe I haven't done this before, but a huge shout out to Vast Robot Armies, their song Little Detroit. You can hear that off the top. Um, we should have done that a while ago, but definitely go check out their music. Um, as we really appreciate Sorry, Jason. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate them letting us use it. Uh poof, that was a lot of talking. Uh Michael saying, <laughs> Jeffrey B. "Where when do you guys go now? To- <laughs> I got you.
1: I got you, bitch. Man, I, I took a stroll outside today and man, I didn't need my winter jacket. What is yeah. going on? It's almost like this there's, there's time for some footy around the corner. It's almost like we're we're getting there, boys.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you need a jacket in Florida, which is where it looks like <laughs> so you'll be playing anyway. But um, yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely nice to have the the better weather right now. That's for sure. How you doing, Jeff?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Um, as someone whose parents live six months out of the year in Miami during the winter months, I'll tell you something florida locals they wear parkas in their winter even though it's 35 degrees outside <laughs> and it's one of the craziest things i've ever seen because i'm melting in like in like a speedo and not well, you know whatever but and they're and they're uh... <laughs> jeff let's oh, yeah. get that image out of our head nobody yeah. wants to picture you in a speedo right
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. anyway anyway what else is going on in tfc <laughs> yeah
0: let's uh well, let's start with the, the, I guess, the biggest news for Toronto FC right now, which, of course, is the, the COVID outbreak. Um, unfortunate news released yesterday that uh, multiple members of the TFC team delegation have tested positive for the virus uh, for the time being. Of course, they're not training, doing contact tracing, follow-up testing, all that usual protocol stuff. I think... Uh, First and foremost, you know, we hope everyone's healthy and, and is recovering from this in a good manner. But, of course, you know, there's, there's a ton of implications for, for this as well, aren't there?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, as Mitch said, first and foremost, just, like, we hope everybody's okay. Um, we can't – we're not pointing fingers at anyone. We, we don't know. There's just too much to uncover there. Um, we just hope for the best, and we hope for a quick recovery because, I mean – we all knew this was the inherent risk that Toronto FC was taking when they decided to obviously attend preseason early and start training camp early. Um it's a risk that everybody's taken around MLS. And this is what worst case scenario, I guess you can call it, because the team obviously got hit with COVID. Um and perhaps it does put a dent into that potential March twentieth date that was floating around. Um for that canadian championship we'll see uh not only that but we can also talk about olympic qualifiers we know tfc were before this were already hesitant to send some of their young guys over to olympic qualifying and you know i i, I can't say that this helps out that situation by any means uh we know even if it isn't one of the young players that perhaps got hit with covid or whoever it was perhaps that there's a position there now that that needs some shoring up and perhaps it'll be through that young guys. So there's a bunch of bunch of ramifications that really come from this. And I, again, I, it's tough to speculate right now because there's just so much to uncover.
2: 2021 is going to 2021, just like 2020 was going to 2020. I mean, uh, you know uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, are you gonna, what are you gonna what are you gonna do it's just uh, you know I, I didn't have on my bingo card the, I, let, let's just segue to the whole kit and caboodle right the, the mm-hmm. Forge controversy the the Bob Young uh, uh, old man yelling at Cloud's letter the uh, you know the the proposed dates from Forge's side versus the, the, the actual I mean who didn't see this coming it, it, I did I know. Uh, I know. I've said it on the show months ago as we were discussing potential dates for this game to take place. Um, we're in crunch time now. You know there are no other dates. Uh, when is the match against Club León scheduled? April seventh. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you know if we can step back 20 minutes because i sh- i certainly didn't have it on my bingo card this week that my two local clubs would go to war uh, against each other but. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> let's, let's paint the
2: picture let's paint, <laughs> yeah. let's paint the picture yeah. for everyone have you noticed um, that we're in black <laughs> <laughs> we all are yeah.
1: i guess <laughs> um, yeah so forge Sea obviously haven't been given been given permission from the canadian government or the provincial government or whatever to start training while toronto fc have um, Forge FC's owner was obviously pretty upset about the fact that they, they haven't been given permission. They said CSA hasn't been really responsive to them. So then he obviously took to the public route and decided to write that open letter asking why hasn't Forge been, been given training or permission to train? Um, from my perspective. It-
2: hold on, hold on. And then they floated April the 4th as a possible date. So they, they floated if, April the fourth. Yeah, they said we don't want to do March the twentieth. Let's do April the fourth. It works better for us. Well, that works terrible for everyone because they play Club León in three days. How are they going to get to Mexico? Yeah, in Mexico. In not Mexico. Not yeah, in Mexico. Two
0: national team games that will be happening March twenty uh, fifth. I didn't get there. I
2: didn't get there yet, Mitch. We'll just <laughs> we're going to table the, What it does to the Canadian men's national team, and just sure. discuss the 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 logical ramifications. Like, there's no time left. There's no time left. This is already too late. March, May, uh, you know, March the 20th. It's already too late. Um, Terrible time. But the good news to take away from this is uh, what Ali
1: Curtis said, and he really said that it started off with with one case, and that's kind of elevated into a small number of cases. So if there is a positive to take away from this, it's it's that the whole TFC training camp, although it has been discontinued, continued, hasn't been hit with COVID. It's a small number of personnel that have um so you know perhaps in a couple days we will see Toronto FC open back up and get right back on track but what I want to get back at there the dates is as Mitch touched on is there's not really much time to move around the game you have the international matches for Canada World Cup qualifying that I think is March 25th um is the date for that first match and they have another one I think a couple days later on the 28th or something like that so you can't really move the game into a uh, FIFA international window period. I don't think that's even allowed. Um, and then you, you think about men's Olympic qualifiers, which you know perhaps isn't the most important thing on our radar, but there are a couple Forge players who are potentially considered to get into that side. There are obviously TFC players that were considered to get inside, but that's something they can skip. So if TFC <laughs> hypothetically are healthy by the time March 20th comes around, like c- they could move the date back a day or two potentially to have it work. Um, but if not, then that game has to be rescheduled for sometime early April. And as you said, Club Leon plays we play Club Leon on the 7th.
0: That's that's tight. So this this COVID I like I said we play Club Leon on the 7th. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my boots on boys. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but that's tight, man. It's tight to move that around and I hope that, you know, this is all in the past behind us sooner rather than later. TFC will give us an update later this week on, on what's going down. Um, but hopefully, yeah, we can just find a resolution and get back to, to what we're looking forward to, and that's just playing footy.
2: Honestly, like, it's – there there's so oh, – I have one <laughs> – that letter rubbed me the wrong way, the Bob Young letter, because mm-hmm. um, weren't Forge one of those early perk enjoying teams? Remember when when the CPL was like separating based on who had signed their paperwork first, and some yeah. teams got an, an yeah, unfair so they got the, well, Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The yeah,
0: yeah. calf League uh, birth was based on was based on
2: that. Yeah, who filed their paperwork first? Where were mm-hmm. the open letters then? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> also, also. Also, and I think this is my trump card. It's Concacaf. When is Concacaf ever been fair, independent of a pandemic? When yeah. is the Champions League ever been a fair tournament? I mean, MLS sides usually come in like ice cold to face league MX sides that are through their season. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, so this this illusion of fairness. Inde- independent of the of of the world that we're living in right now is already flawed logic. I, I mean, it's Concacaf, so mm-hmm. fair and Concacaf are mutually exclusive terms. And then, you know, the, the, it just, it, you know, it's a pandemic. So, so, uh, it's just, it's, it's. I mean, you couldn't have scripted it better, right? There were so many people complaining about Forge's inability to train. You know, as as the as the rationale behind whether or not they would be able to to be competitive in in this in this game, and now TFC can't train, so <laughs>
1: we're right back to square we're one. Even guys, we're even. <laughs> yeah, no, we're even. Let, let's let's talk about why. I, I'm I'm curious. Why hasn't Forge been given permission to start training? Do you guys have any idea as to any well, possibility did, why? So-
2: well, this legislation was written on the fly because pre- prior to, to COVID, there was no, you know, who's, who, who, who falls under the guise of a professional sporting, mm-hmm. in, you know what I mean? Like, th- this was written a- as a knee-jerk reaction. And like most pieces of bureaucracy that are written as knee-jerk reaction, it was probably boilerplate. And in the same way that, that you know, when we, when we swooped in to, to Club Gank to get pause. And we're like, hey guys, we're a league too. We, we our transfer rules are are right there under under FIFA rules. Sorry, you forgot about them, but you know we're gonna unlock his his transfer clause. Um, there, you need to be proactive. You know, there have been so many conspiracy theories thrown around that Forge, you know, were expecting to win uh, their birth in the Champions League for any of the other 60,000 opportunities they had prior to this one Mm. that they that they managed to to not succeed in. And so this was on the back burner. But then you don't get to cry foul, especially now, Um, you know, I got to say, Jeff, I I disagree a little bit. Were TFC at the top of everybody's list as a professional sports because they're in the public well, consciousness? Absolutely. I, Were the, did the CPL maybe have to do more to turn the heads of some, the people writing that legislation? Possibly, but you know, then do it.
0: Uh, I don't. I don't want to speculate too much, but it could just come down to like the plan that Toronto FC laid out versus the plan that Forge laid out. I mean, if you're MLS, first off, you have a lot more people in your organization who can take care of these sort of things. And you have proof in, of concept. You can be like, look at what we did with the Leafs. Look what we've done with the Raptors. There's been minimal outbreaks, both those teams. Um, mm-hmm. We've already had success doing this. So we'll follow the same protocols with Toronto FC returning to training. And maybe that's one thing that can, conv- you know, convince the Canadian government versus we don't know what Forge FC's plan looks like. Um, the other league, the other league, league we operate. league of it. closed down (laughs)
2: you know (laughs) what i mean Like, please please we're a professional organization like i you know recognize your union release your numbers which they've done but like Mm -hmm. you know don't don't give me these uh don't give me these platitudes that you know the bit the big bad wolf um uh you know what am i stupid what like why don't i understand this i mean of (laughs) course you understand this you're a businessman um mlfc has more money they've got proof of concept they're Absolutely going to be suggesting dates that are in their own best interest. And unfortunately, their own best interests align a lot stronger with what the CSA wants to do in terms of Olympic qualifying and the player pool that they want to draw from. So them's the breaks, kiddo. What do you want to oh. do? Like, like, do we want to sit around and cry about it, or do we want to be to proactively make it better? And it just seemed like a lot of sour grapes. And I don't I don't like sour grapes, you know. Um, yeah, that, number one yeah, rule like, that I you, was. <laughs> Could you picture Bill Manning writing that tweet? That's that's another question I have. And if he did, would we be having would we be giving him the same R? Because I'd like to think I would, because it's a bit it's a bit mawkish. You know? I
1: think Bill Manning have, probably has a little bit bigger of a platform to use than Forge FC's owner. But <clears throat> um what I was gonna say is just like the first rule that I was taught in journalism school is follow the money. Follow the okay. money. <laughs> and if you do follow the money, you'll find that. Forge FC, it's it's tough to consider them a a top class professional team when some of their players are getting paid below minimum wage, right? Mm -hmm. It it's tough to ask players that are reserves for Forge to commit to a full quarantine, uh, don't go anywhere, don't do anything else type of camp right away for what a month, whatnot Mm -hmm. if they're making less than. Again, minimum wage, a living wage. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what. Again, I'm speculating, but for me, mm. that, that's a big factor, and it's just how big you're branded, how big that reaches, and how much, how much, how important that public interest is. And for me, Toronto FC, the public interest in terms of a club like Toronto FC, like you said, they're at the top of the charts of, in terms of people hoping to see this club get back to training. Ford comes a little bit below that, and one day I hope to see them on that same level. However, we're not there yet. We're not there yet in terms of payments, and we're not there yet in terms of how big that club is. So um, have could, they been brushed yeah. to the side Yeah, Is it fair? Perhaps not. What's but... fair?
2: Like, I mean, we've been <laughs> living in a universe of unfair for uh, going That's on a exactly year and it. change now, right? And mm-hmm. it's CONCACAF, which and, the word fair and. melts to dust. When you bring the word fair <laughs> close to the word They, it's like it's like matter and antimatter, and the whole universe explodes. So-
0: and it's uh, the Canadian Championship too, right? Which also hasn't always been "quote unquote" fair. If you look at what was it, twenty sixteen? Toronto FC won it, and then they're like, you know, that Concacaf spot you won, you're gonna have to do it again next year. That <laughs> yeah, CONCACAF yeah, oh, so yeah I like that. This competition's <laughs> always been, you know, perfect, uh, perfect in terms of fairness. They've they've done a lot of things in the fly. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I just <laughs> think obviously there's there are legitimate gripes, but there's there's also there's certainly two sides to this story.
1: We're what 11 days away from that potential date. Mhm. This Forge, let's say hypothetically it is that day that that's get played. Does Forge have enough time to to prepare for that match? Well, 11 not days? really. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. And I understand why Forge FC fans are upset. I understand why Forge is upset. And yes, yeah, sure, it's unfair, but any way that you spin this like it's tough like canada soccer knew for, for how long this match was supposed to be played in the first quarter of 2021 mm-hmm. um I, I like they waited till like the very last second it looks like from our opinion or to, yep. to sort of squeeze this match in. when hypothetically it, it could have been done in, in february or january or even if you go back to last year sometime last year it, it, it wouldn't have been easy but it could have been done and just like us with school projects or whatever, you wait to the last mm-hmm. minute, and sometimes you just get screwed over, man.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. sometimes you got it. You got to take that C minus, and and you know, because because it's looking like seriously, it's looking like this is going to be a, a game between you know uh, uh, Chris Armis's, uh, uh, uh coaching staff and and Bob Young and his kids, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and at this point, I'll that take it. Be <laughs> well, at this point, I'll take it because we've thrown around like. Someone's going to forfeit, you know, uh, the the tinfoil hot people uh, on, on the social medias or some people are saying that, you know, all of this court of public opinion stuff is just a precursor to, for- to forge forfeiting. Of course, these theories were before TFC announced that <laughs> they're under the they're slightly under the weather now. So, uh, uh, you know, just play it just play it uh it doesn't mean as much as it should but maybe you know when everything returns to normal we we do an actual match in front of fans for bragging rights and and then Bob's your uncle right like that it is what it is um it's it's difficult it's difficult to get this angry about about a match that's proving to be uh exceedingly impossible to play because of negligence and 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 ignorance on uh, from all parties you know like, let's be honest, we should have played this game a long time ago and to now say, well, we don't get our our proper before times training to watch our video sessions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if that's the right conversation to be having right now. Somebody's got to play Club Leon, guys. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: so. at the end of the day, it's, it, you know, it could just be posturing, right? Like they're just they're just presenting themselves as, you know, we're the huge underdogs here. Um. Yeah. It just. It just could be a narrative thing. And TFC is we'll, we'll, just
1: like, nope. We got hit with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One up yeah. yeah. beer <laughs> yeah. Let's uh,
0: yeah. let's talk about what probably would have been the the two biggest stories. I don't even know if we've we've mentioned the March 20th date. I don't know if we've mentioned yet that uh Christian Jack reporting will be played at BMO Field. So uh, another tiny advantage for Toronto see obviously, oh. obviously, they're one of the the fans there, so it's not as big is what it would have been and obviously not the spectacle we would have hoped this match would be but the other bit of news of course is forge fc getting a big player back and that's 2019 campiel mvp tristan borges 13 goals five assists for forge when they won campiel in it's inaugural year um look i mean he's not gonna have much time to train with his teammates but (laughs) at minimum this is (laughs) oh my god i'm
2: so angry sorry (laughs) this
0: is another guy who uh could cause Toronto FC some problems, and another former Toronto FC player. I mean, he spent time with the academy. We can talk about Babuli Becker. There's a couple of other guys in there as well. There'll be some. I mean, it goes back to the Cavalry beating the Vancouver Whitecaps, right? Like there'll be some. Uh, there'll be some revenge games here from the Forge yeah, FC yeah. side that, that weren't already uh, weren't already the case. Which obviously everybody seems to be out for blood right now.
2: Yeah, it's a yeah, nice boost yeah, for their it's...
1: squad. A really nice boost for their squad. I mean, when he was here, he was an absolute difference maker, and by far the best player in the league. And you can arguably say he's the best player to ever play in the league. Um, mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that after he left, he pff, fell off a cliff. And well, got didn't to the he? Point di- yeah, where sorry. he didn't even he got a squad number taken away. Did he didn't get a squad number. No, he didn't even no. get a squad number in training, and he was just so off the radar. Um, and it's just it's good to see him back to the league he once used to dominate and hopefully he can get refined his stride because it was obviously lost when when he departed forge
2: yeah didn't he didn't he get that worst case scenario where he transferred to Upin and then immediately they sacked their coach that wanted him so the new gaffer mm-hmm. didn't like him didn't know him uh and uh, and then it was just uh, d- a downward uh, trend, but it is a loan move, right? So I think uh, Upin's still playing a bit of his salary to come mm-hmm. to play in Forge, which is, uh, I guess, uh, the best of both worlds. You know, he can he can revive his uh, his his career over there, or uh, he can come back here on a full term basis.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if there is an option to buy or anything on that deal, um, because if I'm Forge, I would want that that player back and. Uh, not just on loan, just because of the what he's done for that club and how good he could potentially be in the Canadian Premier League.
2: But wouldn't they have to lose somebody? I mean, I I know that the the salary cap information came out yesterday, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, Forge would have to like, you know, Borges isn't going to come cheap, so they would they would have to restructure their roster in some way, shape, or form. Like potentially. So, so that, is that loan move yeah. kind of like a workaround around the cap there? It's the Blaise Matweedy of the CPL. <laughs> 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 uh, it has hilarious. to be it has to be it has to be a way to escape escape salary cap rules like I said that we just found out about yesterday two years ago <laughs> uh, it's I mean gorgeous Borges back at Forges uh, who's you know we've got a we've written a lot of songs about him if I'm ever allowed to go to a Forge game again
1: <laughs> interested yeah, to wall. see what kind of role he'll play in that Canadian championship against Toronto FC mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how Forge will use him and see if he can you know perhaps make that difference for them
2: I gotta ask, who here thinks that the game is actually gonna get played?
0: No, so, I, do. I, I still think so. Yeah, I still yeah? think it'll end up Yeah, coming, you're still holding on yeah. to hope.
2: Yeah. I, do. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a forfeit party. I think there's gonna be a week where everybody's like, I forfeit, no, you forfeit, no you first, no you first, and then and then nobody's gonna show up and it's just gonna be Club Leon versus Club Leon. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I I yeah. think this game is way too important to both clubs for them to, to forfeit because I mean, even for Ford, right? Like, this is a massive marketing opportunity to go up against one of the better clubs, probably in North America, at least you know in the in the past couple of years. Um,
2: You're talking about Lemeno, right? The the soccer yeah. picks? Yes, okay. of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Way too much I PR know, surrounding this match, as you said, Mitch. Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah. we know Bill Manning's state or you know past statements on how important CONCACAF is for Toronto FC. So
2: it's my it's favorite like, thing ever, but but I mean. Guys, <laughs> like, even if TFC win or for like whoever wins is going mm-hmm. in to face Club Lyon. There ain't, they're no slouch and mm-hmm. they are, they're, they're in much better match fitness than, than we are, uh, <laughs> either team. So, you know, are we really getting that excited to get our asses handed to us by Club Leon in less than a month? Like,
0: well, let's let's get to that hurdle when we, <laughs> when we get there. I feel like that is, again, we're talking about hurdles. There's so many to clear before we can even start talking about uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. yeah. yeah. So I mean, I've already bought my tickets so to the Club
2: World Cup because I know is going to be yeah, there. But I'm an eternal optimist. Uh, uh, it's just, you know... it. I'd like to see it get played. Um, but yeah. I would say I'm about 50 50 just because of the unbelievable shithousery that's been going on over the last week and a half. So,
0: yeah, at this point, uh, surprises are kind of off the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, speaking of match fitness, let's talk about who LA Galaxy are looking at bringing in. And that's uh, former Toronto FC player, Victor Vasquez, left Toronto FC in 2018. Of course, uh, rumors out there that he's going to reunite with Coach Greg Vanny, um, but he hasn't played very much. I was looking at uh, you know his his stats since he left. He's played maybe I want to say under twenty games since he yeah. left Toronto FC in twenty eighteen between uh, Al Arabi, which is where originally went in in Saudi Arabia, and most recently in the Belgian uh, first division. I think he only played one match last season. So yeah. it's a bit of a curious move if if LA Galaxy end up doing it because you know reunions are great, but even you know, twenty eighteen Vasquez seemed to be on his last legs. I can only imagine, you know, what the what the pandemic and everything else has done to him.
2: So sorry, oh. I got my teams mixed up. Borges played for Leuven, and mm-hmm. Victor Vasquez played for Upen. So oh, okay, there I you wanna, go. I wanted to correct that. Anyway, go Huge. ahead. Uh,
1: Victor Vasquez Huge. joined joined our sister show, uh, Footy Talks, obviously uh, last season, and he voiced how badly he wanted to come back to Toronto and come back to MLS where he was more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like this. Three (laughs) three previous stints. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, Victor Vasquez, he couldn't find his way into the squad. I mean, for whatever reason, he'd become unsettled. Um, Obviously, it's a move across the world, different continent, not even less. I wouldn't even consider it like a soccer kind of crazy continent, just a league where he could get paid. And he was... I mean, he was honest about the fact that he made a mistake chasing money when he left Toronto FC. He said that on on Footy Talks. So, um, Victor Vasquez to, to LA Galaxy. To be honest, it makes a lot of sense. It the way that he's been training on his his Instagram page, it looks like he's preparing to get back into some sort of soccer action. I know from speaking to Greg Vanny last year actually about Victor Vasquez. I know that those two still keep in touch, and the fact that. Vanny's fault Vasquez incredibly highly and believes that Vasquez will one day be a coach in MLS. This could perhaps be a precursor to that, Mm -hmm. where Vanny brings in Vasquez, who again has been out of a club out without a club since I think the middle of last summer, Uh, and it just it it's a, a return to MLS just makes so much sense for Vasquez because that's where that's where he's comfortable. That's where he said his family is comfortable and. Vasquez that's the most important thing to him obviously from a Toronto FC perspective you don't want to see that happen but if Vasquez goes to LA Galaxy I mean it is what it is like I'm happy for Victor Vasquez because you know he he gave everything except for after his uh, 2018 departure to Toronto FC when he was on the field so I mean it's hard to fault him for for making that move
2: yeah Uh, he's got a got a big surprise coming if he thinks that LA is even a slight bit similar to Toronto in terms of <laughs> the vibe. So, um, you know, more power to him. Listen, I know this is how football works and I know, you know, Olivier Giroux goes from Arsenal to Chelsea, blah, 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 blah. blah. This is what happens and, and no hard feelings and, you know, everybody's got to get theirs, but I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate the idea of it. I hate the thought of it. I hate it so much. Um, It doesn't sting
1: more than
2: Seba, though. I mean, it sort of does, because the rumors, and again, they're just rumors, and and I think it was Mitch that said, Mm -hmm. this is, like, the most clickbaity thing for you to rage at ever, Jeff, but I still (laughs) raged about it. Um, You know, what was, the rumors are he's coming in, like, under Tam. Not even a Tam player. But,
1: like, you can't can't ask Mister Vasquez to... Come back as a tan player after he
2: hasn't played in two years. There's no way he could be. Um, yes, a Yes, you player can in MLS. because you, because in MLS when you leave <laughs> when you leave and your and your uh, transfer fee is higher than five hundred thousand dollars, you're on the allocation list. And Victor yeah. Vasquez was uh, did leave and is on the allocation list. So not only would LA Galaxy have to spend money to move up from spot eight or wherever they're at, um, just just to just to get into talks with Victor, but I mean. This stupid team. Still, like, like what? They're just going to grab...
1: Pardon? He's still not a tamp player. Like, the quality of player mm-hmm. that Victor Vasquez is, no chance you spend any sort of TAM on him. Even if he's coming back to Toronto, even if he's coming back to any team in MLS, well, I think I think 34 would, years I, old. I, even Victor Vasquez, I, when he was here, he was on a very good team, and he his role that he played was perfect. Like, he net. didn't have to do too much running. The work around him was, was being covered by a lot of people, Um, but he, he filled his niche really nicely, and... I, I don't think that you can pay Tam for him now in 2021. That's just my personal opinion.
2: No, no I, I think I agree with you, but it just thinks that they're gonna that he's gonna come back on a hometown discount, not to our hometown. <laughs> yeah. Well, he uh, even
1: said he said he yeah. was willing to take no money, like like doesn't care about money to come back to Toronto last season. And so we let's went, take him. Let's we went over. We went over why it would be difficult, and it was the mm. main thing is that allocation process. And yeah, one, yeah, yeah, again, are you going to spend 300, 400,000 additional, whatever you're gonna, on top of whatever you're going to pay him to bring in Vic Gervasquez? That's tough. To, that's a tough pill to swallow for Toronto FC, who are up against the cap. Like if Vic Gervasquez comes, he'll be a nice veteran piece, kind of like a I saw someone on Twitter said this, kind of like a Benoit Cheru to, uh, to Michael Bradley, so the right? Same thing, so which is, good. Which is that, fantastic, that's, so but not. Good you're not spending yeah. out of pocket to do that you know you're not taking away from from the rest of the team to do that that would be a nice complimentary addition if you have the space um, and i just i pause don't
2: see TFC under that. the tutelage of la masia's own victor <laughs> vasquez i mean that gets <laughs> my, Fine. that gets my, but my to be tail wagon
1: to be fair pause has accomplished more than victor vasquez technically has an mls aside from bringing home the silverware as a team right, right. Like, mm-hmm. Pause is an mvp i think I think we can all agree that Paz is probably a better player than Victor Vasquez. Imagine if you had Paz on that 2017 team, that would be that'd be dumb.
0: Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be dumb. I think, that uh, would... <laughs> I think certainly what what hurts the most of this would won't be Vasquez on the field because I don't I don't know that he's going to bring all that much to, it'll to be, the NHL. It'll Galaxy. be Coach we'll, Vasquez, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's the fact that I think we were all holding out hope that once Vasquez retired he'd come back to Tronoff's seat, you know, as in the coaching role in the mm-hmm. academy, bring that knowledge. I mean, that's that's certainly what you hope with a lot of these, you know, guys who think the game like Victor Vasquez. So, you know, this this certainly might hurt this and he might uh, do the same with the LA Galaxy, which would be certainly, uh, that too that bad, is My
1: guess. It's my guess. Ooh, is yes. Based on speaking with Greg Vanney, is that connection there with Vasquez to Toronto. That that's closer to to Greg Danny than it is to the current front office and the current yeah. management, right? So I think that's more reason why Vasquez is following Danny to LA, perhaps to, to to one day pursue that that coaching dream that he has. And hey, honestly, again, like we say, I feel like we've been saying this a bunch on the show, but we do wish him the best of luck if he does end up there.
2: Just not when yeah. they play against us. Yeah, man, am I man, am I gonna enjoy the first TFC LA Galaxy game? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, let's talk about another rumor then which is one that just continues to persist even you know when it seems to be shot down it seems to not really make sense and that's bore to toronto fc um reports are that toronto fc have outbid all the competitors for him sounds like 20 million over three years coming out of brazil um the other Boy, side of the report though three is session, right? 20, yeah. 20 over three yeah, no, 20, 20 over right. three with an option
2: here, yeah. yeah. Right,
0: option here. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other report, of course, is that Bore doesn't necessarily want to come to MLS, he wants to wants to go to Europe. Um the the one thing, and I was talking to Jeff about this pre-show that that you know if Tronoff's is pursuing this player as hard as the reports are. I, I highly doubt that he completely doesn't want to come to MLS because we know how much homework Tronoffsi does on players. We saw it with Pozuelo. Um, we we've heard of all the the character references they go through, all these different things. It, it just wouldn't make sense for Tronoffsi, you know, at any amount of money to bring in a player, even if he's as good as Bore. If he doesn't want to buy in at all, um, so I I just I, I think that you know if there is smoke to this, I think that you know do I think this will happen. who knows? but if Toronto FC are pursuing the player this hard, I think there must be at least some sort of interest on his end in in coming to the club or at least they think they can sell him on that.
2: see i I, I agree with you, but I also think that the the yardsticks have changed because this is a this is a player uh, in the before times uh, who uh, would have fetched a much higher price. So you're getting him at a deep pandemic discount. Um, And I do think that that supersedes some of the the vetting that would have gone place in a, in, in other, in a vacuum, you know, in a, in a COVID free vacuum. Um, I did watch him play last night, River Plate versus uh, Argentinos juniors and uh, damn he's quality, but I will say this, they lost one nil. So if we're looking to replace Bore and target another player, there's this guy, the number 10 for uh, Argentinos <laughs> Juniors. He scored an absolute yeah. screamer last night. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. yeah. scouting, scouting. Yeah, I'm right. scouting. Let's go. Scouting. Forget about <laughs> Boré. Gabriel Florentine is the new, is the new TFC That's the DP. New name,
1: That's the new name, guys. That's new name. it up. Write it up. Uh, but no, interesting that Ali Curtis told the Toronto Sun this week that, you know, that ch- Bore is a very good player. That was the only comment he really had, and he didn't rule mm-hmm. out the possibility of TFC going after Bore. Uh, Mitch, I'm on the same boat as you. Is um, the reports have Bore holding out for a move to
2: Europe? Which I think again, it's I think it's important to stress. True. Sorry, I think go it's ahead, important to stress that it's not just a move to Europe because he's turned down offers from Championship teams or Prem sides. He wants to be a starting forward. On one of the big teams in the top five leagues, he wants Champions League. Right?
1: I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I mean, a player of his caliber probably does expect to play for some of the better clubs in Europe. But the, that report that does say that he he is waiting offers from Europe. I mean, so is so is half of Toronto FC right now.
2: So am I. I'm <laughs> waiting for my <laughs> offer from Europe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, so am I too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, deep.
1: Again, we we have flashbacks of Jermaine Defoe, and and obviously he wasn't all committed here. If Borat comes, here, I don't think that's the case. I mean, anyone's sort of dream is to to one day play soccer in Europe. I don't think anyone's dream is to play soccer for Toronto, especially someone that's not even from here to one day play soccer from for Toronto FC for their prime years of their soccer career. I don't think that's that's their end goal, and I don't I think that's really unfair to ask somebody especially someone who's like almost a global star to have that as their their end-all be-all um the reality is is he's a very very good player and tfc perhaps have the best bid and at the end of the day if that his decision when it's time to make his decision if that's what is the most prevalent factor in addition to what else tfc can offer which isn't just money it's the fact that they're a, a winning side they have a great culture they have they cross off all the all the box they have it TFC yep. it's just the, the MLS aspect of things and if you know if, if TFC are in pole position at the end of the day if Bore accepts I, I would be I wouldn't be surprised because um like I said sometimes the best offer speaks and TFC seem to be really really interested right now
2: yeah we're we're uh we're I mean uh there's a comment on WTR I think it was in reference to the to the 2017 treble and I was saying, you know, the team was all for one and somebody countered and said, well, actually no, we paid Seba and so much money that he couldn't walk. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't exactly all for one. Um, you know, this might be another situation with Bore, right? Like of course we all want the man United shirt or whatever, but uh, you know, we're, we're paying him, we're, we're paying him stupid money uh, in a situation. And again, I don't know if it's, stu- it, it's actually it's, what yeah. he's worth. Yeah, I wouldn't. Exactly. I wouldn't even call stupid. that stupid. It's stupid it's, money, but it's still we're still getting him at a discount, right? So, yeah.
1: if he uh, came, he'd be on that reported fee. He'd be the second most expensive player
2: in MLS, I believe. Right. So, and he would be coming on a free. I always say he's coming on a. We'd have to pay a transfer fee, but no, his contracts up. If he he's coming, he would be coming on a free.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> things that you have to work around with that. I mean, you could potentially get him on the free if whoever played <laughs> are willing to perhaps let him go a little bit earlier but if you want to if you want to ensure that you're you're that team that does have him and does sign him perhaps you do have to pay a little bit of that transfer fee and Ali Curtis has been on record saying that he believes that he will get the designated player signing done in the first transfer window of, of this offseason so hey perhaps you know TFC do pay a small transfer fee to, for Boren there's also ugh, there's a lot more details behind it, is that he is that River Plate doesn't own all of Boré's rights. I believe Atletico Madrid owns some of percentage of Boré's rights, mm-hmm. which means that if River Plate were to hypothetically try and renegotiate a deal with them, they would have to pay Atletico Madrid a, a certain fee, I think somewhere around the range of like $3.5 million, $4 million just fun, to fun, resign fun. Boré. So... Wow. Perhaps that's a little <laughs> another tidbit that TFC have to navigate past in order to, Would we, push do we up have to finish line. Do we
2: have to negotiate? I, with I that don't with know it? that
1: I do know there's mm-hmm. too much too much uncertainty there, but <laughs> it's 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 a complicated matter and it, it just I don't think there's a resolution coming anytime soon.
0: Man, not, nothing is straightforward but, right now. That's for sure. Zero. Yeah, let's let's zero. talk about. Uh, by the we'll way, about...
2: it's right, it's ahead. Ever Plate. That's how you pronounce it. It's not River Plate. No, it's not. It's, no, it's, it's not. Ever. It's Ever Plate. <laughs> I've never anyway. ever
1: saying that. It's River Plate.
0: <laughs> um,
1: no, it's River Plate. It's River Plate.
0: <laughs> um, let's talk about the uh, one player that Tronoffsi is looking at. We can confirm that, and that's Josh Yarrow, who's in okay. camp with them. Um, kind of, you know, news that kind of got brushed over completely by all the other. Uh, tidbits that came out this week but a second overall pick in 2016 does have mls experience with philadelphia union union who of course drafted him um a player worth taking a look at let's not forget he got drafted four spots in front of richie Larea in that 2016 draft who's a player that you know th- that's best case scenario right there for Toronto FC in terms of bringing in a player on trial and, and what he could turn out to be um i'm not suggesting that he's going to end up you know being being a potentially european bound national team starter anytime soon but um it's wh- why not is my thinking in terms of you know a guy who clearly had some pedigree, has some ability and experience, and and yeah, why not take a why not take a flyer on the player? Did you yeah, say he's Jeff-
2: a center back already? Yes, I can't remember if you okay yeah. yeah. Justin, I mean that's 20, yeah, that's one that's old. one, two, and three. He's a center back, and we need some of those. So uh <laughs>
1: I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, he's 26 years old. He can also play right back. Um and he really fits this Chris Armist type of mold. He's an athletic, uh, physical, and pacey kind of center back who also has has some composure on the ball as well, um, just based off what I've seen and just from talking to a few people. And another thing that I really like about him is he kind of has this leadership quality about him that, that mm. has sort of excelled in championship sides and we can't think of san antonio that he played for the past two seasons and that's right, where yeah. jordan peruza went on loan last season actually just fun fact to tie this to a tfc thing a together yeah. um and you know i've watched like a couple i don't want to say games but a couple moments from from san antonio matches and he did stand out to me as being like someone who could perhaps, you know, one day make that, that jump up to MLS. At the time, I didn't realize he was a former second overall pick. And <laughs> that's, that's some good news to to me. And I'm excited to see if, if this is the direction that TFC had. I know they're also linked in the past with uh, French defender Loic Landry. And
2: the, oh yeah, I remember that? That was uh, <laughs> that seems like a hundred years ago. Yeah, See, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. That was at
1: the beginning of January where yeah, wow, that, that they they made a bid for that player. So okay. um, there's a couple different options they can go with that sort of center back position and right. But I like his versatility as well. I like that a lot. And of course his pedigree. He's a second overall pick, and he played. I think upwards of 20-something games for the Philadelphia Union before he went down to the USL. Um, Mm -hmm. Perhaps there is something there that a fresh uh, change of scenario or scenery um, does for him. Another thing I want, uh, another tidbit, this is something that I actually got from Chris Armas this week, or last week. Um, And and I asked him about the uh, TFC Super Draft picks. And to my surprise, the name that he was really most impressed with And that was John Talon Maples. And (laughs) if you guys remember, that was the name that we, or at least I forgot (laughs) on our show that one time. Yeah, I only remember uh, one of the
2: twins, the the DeRose twins. Yeah, Matt DeRose,
1: yeah. He's a lot back there. So he was actually super impressed with John Talon Maples. And he was talking about him jostling up there with Josie Altador in training and how impressive it was to see someone like him do that um, and just how far that he's come. Now, what I would actually expect is I actually expect them to... Mitch, you had this report earlier, but I expect them to be part of the Toronto Mm -hmm. FC2 team uh, this season. So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering how that sort of plays into perhaps TFC's depth. If they are based in Florida, like, like again, the report says, um, it makes a lot of sense to have players who are training with your first team kind of integrate themselves with that because you can... kind of i'm not sure how this works but i have to believe you can call some of the tfc2 players up to your first team if you need it
0: right um, yeah there's emergency uh emergency things in place for exactly. that uh, so, provided injury or, or covid which would probably be the case this year yeah huge, which is <laughs> yeah. huge so we, we can
1: talk about tfc's lack of center de- center at center back lack of depth at center back but i mean you go down the line there's a couple youngsters that are capable of filling in again if we add joshua to that to that mix that's that's great news for tfc mm-hmm. but also look out for john talon maples because i do expect him to one day potentially play a role for this club just based on the way that, that armis is speaking about him i'm really excited Sweet. for that um one more small timid is, is that matt Derosa. i don't know if he cracks the first team right away hmm I don't know that he does. And I know that a lot of people like said that Matt DeRosa were, was um, MLS-ready. He was almost one of the more MLS-ready players out of the draft. Chris Armour said some, some positive things about him. Like, he's always tuned on. Um, he never really turns off. But just reading in between the lines, it almost, yeah, sounds, <laughs> it almost sounds as if he, he's more so in line to play a role with TFC2 next season. So then you yeah. think about Toronto depth at left back and aside from Justin Morrow, there's not really a natural left back on that roster. So I think that's that's a position that I'm really intrigued to see how TFC use. I know Justin Morrow is also battling a little bit of a calf injury right now. So really, really interested to see who's kind of holding down that starting spot. I imagine it'd be one of Oro or Rishi Larea. Um, mm-hmm. But behind them, who, who's, who's the person right now? Is it perhaps a Griffin Dorsey? Is it perhaps a Nick DeLeon? We've hmm. seen that in the past. Um, there's question marks there though, at least, and um, <sighs> I admit, perhaps Madjarosa perhaps isn't that answer right away. That perhaps some were hyping him up to be. Didn't somebody suggest Schaff makes the Larea switch? I like to a left that. Back? Yeah, I like that. Someone in our WTR comment thread suggested that Schaff as a left back, um, and give <laughs> me a, like remind me right away of Raheem Edwards and when he oh, was yeah. kind of converted to the outside back position, left back position. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can go that far, <laughs> but I like the think. I like the thinking.
2: Nice, nice. Um, uh, We've we a, a question here, yeah. which is uh, with all this talk about all these new fangled center backs, what about Julian Dunn?
1: Great question, Colin. Um, and I would throw – done under that that same category <laughs> as, yeah, as uh as, as josh yarrow and he's an athletic center back he he's good on the ball he is he can get into tackles and i think he's a player that chris armis will actually enjoy with that being said i i do think he's a little bit further away than perhaps some are perceiving him to be even though he had a, a fantastic uh run in the Canadian Premier League. I still don't know if he's quite MLS ready. Um but with that being said, I mean he's he's in a position right now to to eat up minutes, especially if TFC don't sign Josh Yarrow. Right now Toronto sees depth at center back is what, is Omar Gonzalez, Chris Mavinga, Eric Zavaleta, and then you got Julian Dunn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So hey Rocco, I'm, I'm,
2: who's, who's Rux on loan in until market. June, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: yeah so i mean we'll we'll see we'll we'll keep an eye on julian dunn and perhaps he does work his way into the side especially under a condensed schedule which front of mm-hmm. c are going to have to endure um but again i think he's sort of that similar player to josh yarrow this Sweet.
0: is sort of neither here nor there but like with 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 dunn and with any of the canadian Premier league guys like one thing that it's worth keeping in mind is that sure it was a full season but it was what like seven mm-hmm. games or so yeah like it yeah. wasn't a massive sample size for any of these young players so you know even guys who would break out CPL tournaments like uh, i i'd almost want to see what they can do this next year in a full season um, yeah in, in terms of you know th- their ability like a mo Farsi, all those guys so um that's something that's worth keeping in mind when when you know reading too much into what they did in the canadian Premier league you yep, you raised yeah. an
2: interesting uh you, you put an interesting thought in my head, which is, you know, when we're playing condensed schedule with limited travel uh as a consequence of of pandemic, doesn't that make it even more attractive to start playing the kids because you're eliminating some of the variables? Oh, it does. That- that make mm-hmm. that make MLS so MLSy, like the you know the cross the cross continental flights and the and the jet lag and the layovers and stuff like that. So you know it, it gives you a different sample size because, like you were saying, you know everybody's raving about Julian Dunn, but when you scratch at the the statistics, you are like, yeah, well, you know, the guy only played seven games over the course of like you know a, a two month spurt, um, and so the same the same asterisks would apply to. Julian, you know, potentially IO who we now have to see again in this context because, you know, uh but yeah, the, I mean it is it is a proving ground with asterisks, I guess. Yeah. Again, I just I just had this thought, so I haven't quite figured it all out in my head yet, but um, Yeah, one
1: one more on that and that is that Armers has a history of, of running out younger center backs. Um, he did it with in, with the New York Red Bulls and perhaps he'll do it here with Toronto. with the cards that he's dealt because aside, again, we've done gone over this a number of times aside from Omar and Gonzalez and Chris Mavinga, there's question marks at center back for TFC. And I believe some of those solutions will be in the form of, of some younger players.
2: If we're being honest, there's question marks with Mavinga and Gonzalez as well, but you know, it's, uh, it's more with respect to consistency than, than technical ability. Right. And, uh, just you know how how many minutes are we going to get out of their legs over the course of a season? So, yeah, uh, question no, marks is uh,
1: relative because <laughs> I mean I think any team in MLS would be happy going starting the year with a pairing of Omar Gonzalez and Chris Mavinga.
2: I don't disagree. I don't yeah. disagree. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's uh let's finish up on one thing that we've talked about for for multiple weeks now, but got confirmed uh, recently, which is that Toronto FC is heading south. They're heading to Florida. They're going to be based out of Orlando. Uh, the Omni resorts and potentially might be playing games Orlando and Tampa, depending upon the schedule. So, uh, you know, obviously the, the hope is that they can return to BMO field at some point this season. That was part of, part of what they wanted to do in their agreement was build in a mechanism wherein they can very quickly, you know, pick up or fold up camp and come back to Canada if, if, you know, any of the restrictions, so allow them. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll see but um at least for the foreseeable future you know they're they're going to be in florida with uh, at least two of the other uh, um canadian teams in terms mm-hmm. or toronto teams I
2: how like do you that. feel about this um i mean you know all concerns are are you are, are you know minor at this point but like remember when hartford was was being touted and people are like well what makes hartford hartford and what makes it really special is that the dimensions of the pitch are very similar to bmo field and it's and it's grass as opposed to turf and you're Mm -hmm. not hearing any of this in in our new road trip this this year right it's just it's going to be hot but like you know what what is the field situation like in and in, in in both of these places and you know is there an advantage to to Tampa's is Tampa a Speedier Field than Exploria Stadium sort of thing you know it's just that we don't we're not talking about that and i just find it interesting i mean i'm not Agreed. surprised because we just we need a home at this point where <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it, it's more important to have a, pa- a place to play than you know how long the grass is but you know it, 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 it's no secret that, that Michael Bradley has made sport of, of making groundskeepers at BMO's lives hell. So, I, I mean, you know... Uh, well, TFC yeah.
1: have held training camp there in the past, the last couple of seasons. So, okay. I mean, there is there is some history there of TFC, you know, being comfortable on that pitch. Um, and we talk about, Mitch, as you pointed out, that TFC have that, that clause there that allows them to pull out and, you know, just return home whenever they want. Um, what i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that it is this summer and just based on the way that vaccinations are going and you can talk about all that stuff but
2: mm-hmm. there is
1: there's is at least hope that one day that this season potentially that we will return to BMO field um and that's honestly a lot more than i could say a year ago and <laughs> mm-hmm, a lot more than mm-hmm. i could say it's just like even even six months ago um so if there is you know light at the end of the tunnel for tsc fans that are upset about this news about TSC going down to florida is that the fact that they do have this clause in there and they are hoping to to return to bemo field and if if you know news indicates anything it's possible it is possible yeah. this hmm. absolutely absolutely um, yeah and also with with florida i like it it's gets really hot there during the summer and we've talked mm-hmm. about that right and it makes sense that tfc would start the season down in florida um for the first couple of months and then hopefully get back to bemo later on um uh, because like i said the tfc has complained in the past about the summer months being a little bit too hot there I mean, we talked about the mls back tournament I, I doubt it's somewhere they want to be during the summer <laughs> so hey guys read into that what you will let's yeah. let's hope for the best
0: Hey, yeah, so if they could get acclimatized, they could have a bit of a, uh, a bit of an advantage there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe wouldn't be the case with anywhere else they uh, set up shop. So hey, yeah, who, no, it should knows.
2: it should be interesting. I mean, Explor- Exploria Stadiums a nice a nice ground. I'm sure the Tampa Bay Mutiny. It's not uh, Exploria, right? And- oh, they're not doing Exploria. Where are they're they not, where are they they're playing? Not at Exploria? Um, How does Orlando have do, two? Do we know?
1: Places? We do know. Well, okay. we know where they're training out of.
0: We yeah, do know yeah. where they're
1: training out of. I don't know um, if we know where they're, they're totally playing good.
0: games out of yet. I don't think they said okay. that.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't announce the venue for their games, but they're, they are playing out of Omni Resort at Champions Gate in, mm-hmm. in Orlando. So they're training there. And I also know that there's a bunch of preseason games that are being held there as well. So that's also okay. something to keep an eye on is TFC have yet to announce their sort of preseason schedule. Uh, obviously, it's, right. it's tough with the Canadian Championship, and you know you have Club León on April seventh. But with some of the teams that are down there at Omni Omni Resort or whatever you call it, um, I imagine. <laughs> Great that to Wolf be, Lodge. Okay. They're playing Yeah. A Great Wolf Lodge? yeah. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine that there will be a couple of preseason games there for
0: sure. So um, we'll wait. We'll wait to hear more on that. Yeah, yep. let's yep. let's uh let's wrap things up here. um Hopefully, hopefully by next week we've we'll been talking about an actual game. Who knows what? Another we week. In the Olympic didn't drop for
2: you, Mitch. Mitch, and no Olympics to talk about. So Mitch is sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll
0: see. Well, we we anticipate the Olympic roster dropping at some point today. um We already pretty know. much a
2: minute after we wrap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. We already know at least <laughs> a few of the players there, but. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, Kevin, Sophia. Uh, hopefully some exciting stuff coming up soon. Hopefully. Thanks to, to Jeff and Michael, as always, for for all the talk this show. And like I said, hopefully by next week we can talk about some actual games as, as you know, these things figure themselves out until next <laughs> Tuesday.
2: Ciao. <laughs> Better. Cheers. Uh,